This is the For We Are Many podcast, and we are your hosts. My name is Rob. My name's Trisha. And uh, just like we do every Tuesday, (laughs) we're uh, sitting down to talk with all of you about things that have happened in the past week. Hi, James. I see you in the chat. There he is. <laughs> nice to see you. Um, so this week, well, first of all, I guess I want to apologize for my congestion. Um, my allergies have been kicking my ass. And I'm tired of shit because I got the COVID booster today. So, you know. Thanks. Anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about the McMichael trial because a guilty verdict does not equal justice. Um, Great. We're going to be talking about Black Friday. There's been there's a lot of things to talk about pertaining to Black Friday, actually, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and we're going to be talking about the death of Malika Shabazz. She was the daughter of Malcolm Malcolm X. She's been trying to prove for a long time that the people accused of her father's death were framed, basically. Um, and then she died the day that they were exonerated. So that's kind of suspicious timing, depending on who you talk to. Um, and we're probably going to touch on the Kim Potter trial, but I didn't have as much time as I wanted to today to catch up on that. I'm also doing the you know usual share to group stuff. Uh, if you have anything you want to say before we get this rolling, um, well, not to go into too much depth right now, but just keep your eyes open because there's a piece that we're working on um, about the Greenwood massacre of Black Wall Street. Uh, yeah, we'll let you know when that one is. Uh, ready. We've got some interviews uh, set up to do. So there's that. I've um, gotten some photos and video going through the area to show you guys too of how that's still impacting the community today. So we'll have that soon. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, well said. Um, we're actually really trying to gear up production going into uh, and through December. Um, we're still in the planning process of a lot of it, so I don't want to give too much away. Um, but it, it, it's going to be continuously diving into the things that we generally talk about. Uh, you know, the uh, Black Panther Party, of course, is a huge influence. Um, speaking of which, we have our Zoom-based movie watch-along for Judas and the Black Messiah on the 10th of December. That'll be at 8 p.m. Eastern time, just like our streams usually are. Um, and, of course, we'll be talking about the movie as we uh, watch it. Sorry, I'm I'm up at Chelsea's work and we have the dogs with us and Sarah was yelling at people coming in the door for existing. So I'm like for a moment. Right, I get that. <laughs> I feel like every week I have more <clears throat> more and more groups to share to, which probably is actually true. But uh I feel like it takes longer and longer every week. Right. Um, to be fair, if y'all don't mind pausing with me for the cause, or you can carry on while I carry some stuff, um, I think I might head back out to the patio where it'll be a little easier to hear you because I don't have my headset with me. Um, and Yeah, it sounds a little loud in there. Yeah. For now, I will mute my mic for a moment, and I will be right back with you. Hi, Natalie. She just jumped in the comments. Oh. Hello. Uh, all right. If you guys can also throw uh, some shares um, into some groups around your timeline, that would be helpful. I am done with that for now, though. Um, so I guess I want to start with the McMichael trial. I don't want to get too deep into this before Trisha's settled on the patio. Um, but I already, I already said, you know, that the guilty verdict is not just, um, I'm going to elaborate on that a little more. It's merely a level of accountability. And I don't even mean like full out accountability. Uh, justice would be if we didn't have to have a trial because these types of things didn't happen. Okay. Justice would be, uh, I guess in an alternate reality, a Mount Arbery running down the street and going home at the end of his jog, that would have been justice. There cannot be justice until these types of situations don't happen. And let's not forget that the DA is being charged for trying to cover it up. Um, the police were complicit in trying to cover it up. Uh, one of the murderers actually was so sure of himself that he released the video publicly against his attorney's advisement. And um, that led to public pressure, which led to the charges being filed. The justice system was going to excuse these white supremacists. I, I don't know how to, how else to put that. Um, but, 
Yeah, I, I don't think that um, I don't think that that's justice ultimately. Um, there was a lot of public pressure during and before the trial pertaining to to uh, a guilt right and. I fear to think about what would have happened in the courtroom had there not been the kind of public speaking out that there was. Um, and yet again, that only happened after the murderer was so sure that they would be let off scot-free that they posted it. Well said, James. Good old boys letting good old boys off the hook. I also am glad that it didn't work out. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I really had to say about the McMichael trial. Trisha, if you want to dive a little deeper than that, you're obviously more than welcome to now that you're sitting outside. Natalie said the justice system is still back in the sixties with many judges. It seems still back in the sixties with many judges. It seems it's unbelievable. True. Agreed. Sadly, um, the the judge was a lot less biased in this case than in the Rittenhouse case, though, and I do think that that at least is a good thing. Um. But that still doesn't mean it's justice. Right. It's accountability, but there really can't be any fucking justice because there's no bringing his life back. Can't undo right. that. Uh, all right. I have this. Hi, Emily. Hi, Emily. <laughs> busy day in the lab. I had a busy day mostly in this room. Uh, <laughs> so I feel that. Um. I want to see, I'm trying to look up what the DA was charged with because I did not have that written in my notes and I should have. Um... There's so much other stuff in that article, Jesus. The uh, VA's name is Jackie Johnson. Okay. Just tell me what she was fucking charged with. She's set to go on trial. I know what the fucking charges are. 
for violating her oath of office and hindering a law enforcement officer following the murder. She walked on her own recognizance, though, so she's not behind bars. Um, Didn't even have to pay a fucking bond. Or did she? And she can't even try to say, you know, no. She was released on a personal recognizance bond. Um, so apparently Greg McMichael called her. Uh, this is why she was indicted, actually. The voicemail said, Jackie, this is Greg. Could you call me as soon as you possibly can? My son and I have been involved in a shooting, and I need some advice right away. Uh, Johnson did not call back Greg McMichael that day, court records show, but he previously worked as an investigator in Johnson's office before retiring in 2019. Johnson then showed favor and affection toward her former employee by directing that his son not be arrested in the case. <clears throat> um, she needs to have the book thrown at her, to put it bluntly. Um, right. There's, there's no way. excuse. No, that's literally a very chummy conversation of like, this is a close friend and he's calling in a fucking favor. Yep. He really felt very I mean, comfortable she might not the have... person who would be trusting him <laughs> to help me out here. Yeah. Uh, Once again, the fuck audacity i don't i do want to uh talk about the kim potter trial while we're on the topic of trials and i'm literally googling this right now because i haven't uh i did not have time today to watch as much of the jury selection as i could It's very much uh, as as we already know, there is no audio or video recordings. No, what am I what am I talking about? That's the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. I also want to touch on that, but obviously, in that case, there is no courtroom coverage. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So that's probably going to be a couple there days before. Be. Yes. Why is this serial pedophile fucking getting protection from right? Mercado people? Media has been rebroadcasting the trial, and actually, if they're still live, we're going to be going to a uh, live stream of them in Minneapolis. There's right. decent-sized protests. Um, of course, there is. There should be. But as I understand it from a thing that I read yesterday, the prosecution does not need to uh, does not need to prove intent because she's not facing murder charges, which she should be, uh, but manslaughter charges. So they only have to prove that her actions led to his death. And well, no fucking shit, she shot him. She's guilty. Um, right. 
but she she really should be tried for murder. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that if her story holds up about thinking it was a taser, we've already talked about that, and I think it's bullshit. But if that story holds up, uh, it would still be third-degree murder, not manslaughter. Right. And there's no fucking way that you're ever going to confuse that taser. I remember seeing the photos of it. And it's fucking bright neon. Like, that's not a gun. That's clearly not a gun. Even in the dark, any fucking light reflecting off of it would show that is not a fucking gun. Uh, yes, Natalie. I, I hadn't gotten as far as bringing that up, but there was another car incident from what I was able to determine. Um, but it doesn't appear as if anyone was hurt. But this is becoming all too common of a thing. And I mean... For the love of God, when you go out to protest, watch your fucking back and watch your comrades' backs. We don't need any more casualties of these fucking psychos. <laughs> James said maybe they will ban cars soon. Cars don't kill people. Assholes with cars pe kill people. Yep. I know that you were joking. But so was I. I just had to clarify. <laughs> uh, Unicorn Riot also had coverage, yes. Um, it was Unicorn Riot, I believe, that was on scene when the car incident happened. Not surprising. Unicorn Riot's fucking always on scene. <laughs> Fair. Kind of want to see their footage. Yeah. Uh, Unicorn Riot, here we come. I'm going to their uh, website, unicornriot.ninja. Uh, let's see if they have a... They do not have anything posted. Article-wise about that yet. Let's see if they're... Let's see if they're live right now. It's not sharing. No, video. I know. I, I was seeing if they're live right now. They're not. Gotcha. But I guess to be fair, we can. Uh, we can do this. Oh, that's not right. That's right. There we go. Did I click share sound? Let me make sure that I clicked share sound. I did not. Good thing you checked. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, wow, that's a lot. Why can't I turn it down? There we go. So I'm going to... Obviously, they got on scene, like, right at the top. Yep. Did somebody jump on the car, or is that somebody's thing? I think somebody jumped on the car. Okay. 
given what the asshole just pulled, they might not have had a choice to jump anywhere but on the car. Right. For fuck's sake. What's wrong with people? That's what that thought process is on the stripe up on the sidewalk. So please, we have this locked down. Do not let this dissuade you. Because this is the kind of stuff they're trying to do. We got his plates. We got his description. He ain't going nowhere. He's not getting far. He's already hit a bunch of people. So that's not how this night ends. How this night ends is with all of us taking care of each other. All right? We already lost one with uh, Deanna, Mar uh, Deanna Marie. We're not going to let that happen again. I promise you that. I promise you that. We are not going to let that happen again. Get in the street. Let's get ready to move. Let's get ready to march let's get to together. Let's get together. Let's get strong. This is for Dante. And obviously, uh, Dante Wright is the person that was shot and killed by uh, Kim Potter. Obviously, that's what uh, her trial is pertaining to. Uh, she was only charged with manslaughter, though. Uh, it's outright murder. I don't give a shit. Her line is bullshit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's see what Justice I see. Justice for! Say his name! What's his name? Say his name! What's his name? So I'm I'm impressed, uh, given how shitty the turnout for the protests at directed uh, uh, by Natalie's comment. Absolutely right. Fox News will be editing this video to show only the protesters chasing and jumping on the car. In my opinion, and this is what they do. Right. Um, Try to twist the narrative, like. No, show Can, the whole clip where he just decided to drive into a crowd of people. I don't even think there is a whole clip, though. Like, I mean, literally, the beginning of the fucking thing is when the crowd's already, or the car's already in the crowd. I almost said the crowd's no. already in the car, but whatever. I knew what you meant. Uh, MB Mandigo, Mandingo King uh, asked, what about uh, William Marcus? What's going on in the case? And pardon my ignorance, but I'm not sure. I, I don't know anything about that case. Um, if anybody is available to enlighten me in the comments, um, I'd be glad to discuss it. Well, let's see if we can find any coverage of that. Um I wanted to fast forward back to the speech part. 
of okay. this Unicorn Riot video. I don't know if I'm right at the beginning of it because it's hard to jump around such a long video like that. While you do that, I'm going to pull up William Marcus's case. Okay. You showed up to Dante's funeral are nowhere to be found. This family that was not the beginning, obviously. Getting mad, they just got off of the light rail. The light rail stopped by these cars, and people are mad, yelling at the people who are in the cars protecting the protests. That's what's going on right behind us. We are all one family. We are all in this together. And an attack on one of us is an attack on all of us. And when you pair a movement with the cause of action designed to change the system, even the mightiest mountains will not be able to stop the force of that movement. It might take time. This is where the fight is at this moment. The same elected officials who showed up to Dante's funeral are nowhere to be found. This family is suffering. Currently, we have representatives in the state of Minnesota using the name of Dante Wright for political gamesmanship. Sadly, these representatives have done nothing to help the Wright family or to ensure that there is not another Dante. And we will not let that slide. We will not let you claim false victories or credit when you did nothing. Trying to bestow accolades and credit and credit you have not earned and don't deserve. They want to endorse candidates under the umbrella when they do not show up or turn out when it matters most. The system cannot continue to protect killer cops. But here we are today on the cusp of trial and Kim Potter refuses to acknowledge her crimes of robbing the world of a son, a brother, a father, a friend, and she is defiant to a fault. She thinks that the badge will protect her, that the blue line supersedes the constant, supersedes we, the people. Kim Potter is guilty and should get the maximum sentence allowed by law. We must carry, continue to carry this fight into the legislature, into the politics. We must change. Like the Berlin Wall in 1989, we must tear down the wall of oppression, hate, racism, and systemic injustice. Our current wall has allowed the Derek Chauvin's and the Kim Potters to thrive. We must evolve as a people and as a society. And that begins with valuing all human life, even if that person does not look like you. The Minnesota Justice Coalition will continue to demand and fight for systemic change, for reforms that remove the barriers that protect killer cops, and that are centered on transparency, accountability, and justice. We must, we must not allow another family to go through what Dante's did. These so, yeah, we cannot allow this to continue. I think that um, maybe his particular political analysis might need honing, but his lived experience is there. I mean, I, I might not like his analogy about the Berlin Wall, um, because, I mean, ultimately the people that live behind it wanted the wall gone, but they didn't want the fall of socialism. Um. Trisha, you're still muted. <laughs> Not about that. I had muted it while my dog was barking at somebody for walking in. Um, yeah, that scared the shit out of me for a half a second. And then you yeah. mute on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
apologies. I, I am multitasking here, listening, but also looking through um, what I can find. And honestly, the most recent updates here are from October, but uh, trying to see if I can find recent video. Well, I mean, what's the case about? Uh, he's a 21-year-old college student. He was charged with felony murder in what was a self-defense case. And this is one of those situations where that stand your ground law isn't being applied equally because here they have been fighting with him over, you know, requesting immunity because... It's a stand your ground case. He was protecting himself. Um, here's a video from a month. Give me a moment to get this to load. And uh, I will wow. screen share. 90. And of course, it's going to play ads first. Of course it is. Okay. Here, let me just pause that. Come back to restream, and I'll share that. Uh, share audio. <laughs> I remembered to check it this time. Um, there we go. Okay. Tragic. I lost the words. An interracial couple says that they were harassed and chased by white teenagers. The black man they were chasing, though, had a gun. Now he's the one facing a life sentence. I'm Justin Carter. This is TSR Investigates. Mark Wilson, a biracial man, and his girlfriend, Emma Rigdon, a white woman, they both went out on a late night food run in a small town. It's called Statesboro, Georgia. It's right near Savannah. Little do they know their lives would never be the same. We can't describe it, what we've gone through as a family. Out of all people, Sawana Williams never thought her nephew, Mark Wilson, would be in jail, awaiting trial for the most serious of crimes. On the outside, you look in, you know something is not right about this case. On June 14, 2020, the then 21-year-old Wilson and his girlfriend told police that they were caught off guard as they were leaving this Taco Bell parking lot. They say 18-year-olds Mason Glisson, Luke Conley, Ashton DeLoach, and 17-year-old Haley Hutchinson pulled up in a pickup truck and started yelling. They were complete strangers. Yelling racial epithets, saying, uh, F you, you, you lover, or saying you And again, they, at that point in time, Mark speeds up. Reverend James Woodall is the former Georgia NAACP state president. He's been on this case since the beginning. Mark fires uh, one shot um, in the underbelly of the truck um, as quote unquote a warning shot. Um, and then the other vehicle speeds up again, but then slows back down. At this point in time, they begin to throw stuff outside of the truck to Mark's vehicle. He says Mark Wilson fires one more shot, but this time the bullet pierces through the back of the truck, striking Haley Hutchinson in the head. She was in the back seat at the time, later died at the hospital. 
Here's her grandfather. He had this to say just after the shooting. He took a beautiful child from this sister. A child did not deserve to get what she got. Mark would not have pulled a weapon had he not thought his life and his girlfriend's life was in danger. Mark Wilson turned himself in days later on felony murder and aggravated assault charges. His lawyers, though, arguing that he was simply protecting himself. And that is really at the heart of this matter to see whether or not the actions in which Mark took uh, under the Stand Your Ground statute here in Georgia, uh, whether it's quote unquote reasonable use of deadly force and whether it's justified. This is the exact same thing that happened to Ahmaud Arbery. He was chased down by a truck of white men until he was shot to death. And Mark was chased down by a truckload of drunk white teenagers until he defended himself. So you tell me the difference. Chance Prigden, with a unique perspective himself, he's Mark's cousin and admits that he fully believed in the justice system up until now. He don't have the same pigmentation as I do. Had that been me, I probably either would have never been charged or I would have been let go two or three days later. But for Mark, it's been over a year now and his family not giving up. They've been hosting rallies and community events for months now, getting people's attention about this case. His birthday, we celebrated in the uh, yard of the jail just to let him know that he's not forgotten and he will never be forgotten. One of the passengers of the truck, Luke Connolly, he was actually charged with obstruction as well after investigators said that he kept changing his story about Haley Hutchinson's death. We also learned from an investigation from the local news outlet WTOC 11 that Connolly was charged with DUI and a hit and run one month before Hutchinson was killed. Also, just some weeks ago, there was some drama in the courtroom, video showing Bullock County Judge Michael Muldrew holding Wilson's attorney, Francis Johnson, in contempt of court. Turns out Johnson refused to give back a binder of evidence to the judge that was given to him by accident. Johnson just wanted this exchange to be noted in court record. The judge refused and threw him out of court. In to all of this, Johnson filed a motion to recuse Judge Muldrew from this case. Now things are on hold right now as we wait for a decision on that recusal and when these court hearings for Mark Wilson will continue. For TSR Investigates, I'm Justin Carter. Sorry, I was muted. It sounds like a pretty uh, clear-cut self-defense case. Well said, James. What's wrong with people? It's not 1821. It's 2021. Attempting lynchings may result in a bigot's death. Right. That. In there. I guess they shouldn't have been chasing him. And I think you cut out there for a second. Issues? No, well, no, I muted it because it was a dog barking in the backyard, but I, I think that, uh, like, you cut out for a second. That's one of the things I actually really like about this new mic is, like, when it's muted, you can visibly like see. Right. Right.
anyway uh yeah that sounds to me like it was an attempted lynching and he defended himself um i hope to see justice delivered in that case as well um moving on to well actually do you have anything else to say about it i kind of just like um just that that's bullshit that uh you know he's even being charged with this and i, I just saw mccoe's on the same wavelength if you attempt to leave and your attacker pursues you it's self-defense plain and simple um that's very clear when you have a car full of fucking bigots chasing you what the hell are you supposed to do <laughs> you know i mean your options at that point obviously you're trying to flee so you know like you've exhausted the avenue of escape you have every right to defend yourself and if the law determines otherwise then that just shows one more time that this system is incapable um of actually applying those laws equally yes it's like all the memes they have you know the, the panel strip of skin tones and the lighter it is it's like not guilty the darker it is it's like guilty because that's the american justice system in a fucking nutshell for you it's fucking systemic racism um natalie raises a valid question here was the girl involved or more a passenger in the back it may be a tricky case i see it as self-defense but you know our court system is crap um and that's why i actually i want to thank uh mb for bringing this up i had not even heard of right. this case um and yeah i mean like if she was a passenger then that's unfortunate but i mean i bet it got the truck full of bigots to break off their pursuit um mako said no justice on stolen land um that's fucking truth ain't, yeah I think we're seeing that more and more as our justice system makes a bunch of shit calls, I guess. Uh, um, Calvin said he did try to flee that they were going to be more than harassment. Uh, well, first of all, um, it appears as if it was more than harassment to begin with but if they tried right. to leave and they were pursued that is no longer just harassment in nope. my opinion that in itself is a threat on his life mm -hmm. if you try to leave if i try to leave somebody who i perceive as a threat and they follow me i am damn sure going to defend myself i i'm not i guess right. really sure what you're trying to what 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 you're trying to imply here right also it is on the jury to determine uh, if it was more than harassment and I mean, at a surface level glimpse, it looks like more than harassment. So. Right. That's direct threat. When somebody's like, okay, I'm going to follow you and start throwing shit at your car and screaming threats and, you know. Right. And, and, and I mean like screaming road, threats while, you know, shouting racial slurs. I mean, that has right. all the ingredients of a hate crime right there. So yet again, yeah. That's I'm not, not really harassing. sure what you're trying to imply there. Right. Uh, anyway, I don't, I don't think I have anything else to add about that particular issue. 
Um, Before we move on, I would like to point out another of MB Mandingo King's comments. He said, J.D. Rockefeller back in the 1800s, I believe, wrote something called The Secret Covenant. Uh, Google it. Really, it speaks of everything that's going on today, everything the Secret Covenant. Now I'm kind of curious. I'm going to have to look that one up and see what the fuck. That's I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie, though. To the it... roots of the systemic racism shit, because, I mean, I would not be surprised. Well, it still wouldn't be to the roots. The roots are hundreds of years before that. Well, I mean, like, at that point in time, I, I mean, all of it is uh, roots from this point, because it's all in our history. But, uh, and yeah, that too, James. When when people are coming at you screaming threats that are including racial epithets, guess what? Direct fucking threat. Straight up. That's that's not harassment. That is threat of violence that is already beginning with verbal violence. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. If I was in his shoes, I would have been, you know, worried about making it out of that situation alive, too. Right. And, and that's the perspective that I'm looking at this from. Um, Calvin elaborated. He's not trying to imply just asking uh, okay, true. Not thought about the shooting. Uh, thought thought about the rear end shooting. That's why I was asking. Uh, but the video that Trisha shared, they they were describing that the truck got in front of them and then like sped in front of them and then slowed down. That's trying to make them slow down. That's yeah, trying to corner them. Right for a physical confrontation. To be fair, from that angle, he might have been trying to shoot out the tire or something like that. You know, they even said that the first shot was into the base of the truck. You know, so right. he clearly wasn't like trying to kill them. He was trying to stop them from killing him. Um, okay, Cal, we'll see. He didn't it's catch the audio. Yeah. I tried to turn the volume up as far as it would go there. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to try to keep up to date on that case, though, now that I know about it. Sure. Right. Um, and so, that's the thing is it's hard to even keep up because there's so many fucked up cases like this that are happening everywhere. And motherfuckers still want to try to pretend like systemic racism is no longer a fucking issue. You kidding me? You fucking kidding me? How many more cases like this is it going to take of this system trying to criminalize people with pigment for defending their own fucking lives? You know? And yeah, Cal, it does beg that question because the the stand your ground would be applying, like his own cousin said, the stand your ground would be applying to him because of him being the right shade of pigment. So why the fuck isn't it applying to his cousin? Right. Right. Um. And you know what? Uh, now that I'm thinking of it, I'm going to look at those other search results because they had some more stuff in reference to the stand your ground argument. Um, and them contemplating that in court as if 
Well, I mean, ultimately, what makes stand your ground a racist concept is that it only applies to white people. And therein lies the problem of these laws not applying fucking equally. And it is not equality under the law if you don't have the same fucking legal protections of your right to defend your fucking life. And it's about fucking time this... What's what's the term for that? For like... Oh, oh, deprivation of rights under color of law. Yes, yes, that right there. Which is a hangable Um, offense according to U.S. codes. So maybe we should start holding some fucking police officers accountable. I'm just saying. Yep. Um, Let me. Not that I have any faith in our justice system. I don't want to give that misconception. But if we were actually following our own laws, like you know, equitably applying mm-hmm. them, then yeah. we're not even, we're not even following our own fucking laws, but we're supposed to believe no. that it's a, that it's a just system. This is another example that shows precisely that if we, what we've been trying to tell people about for a long fucking time, that that's not freedom and that's not equality. If you don't have rights being protected simply because of your level of pigment and it shows very clearly what people are trying to deny that this fucking shit was built by and for white men plain and fucking simple (laughs) you know um that's whose rights are fucking guaranteed under color of law uh i'm still scrolling through this article here trying to find okay it says but is is the immunity hearing approach to a close on the second day of testimony um basic constitutional protections seem to disappear right before our eyes protections like the right to legal counsel due process and judicial impartiality appeared in question wilson's defense counsel discovered that judge michael muldrew and district attorney daphne totten had improper communication during the trial um by the way not one of those teens got a citation even for driving under the influence for riding around with open beer bottles in their truck drinking while underage none of that they didn't get charged with shit um anyway continuing uh instead of using proper procedure to acknowledge the mishap they attempted to cover it up without notifying the defense giving the appearance of judicial impropriety the district attorney submitted evidence to the the judge, uh, never shared with Wilson's defense. And when it was brought to the court's attention by the defense team, Muldrew held Wilson's lead defense counsel, attorney Francis Johnson, in contempt of court. Okay, this is... Um, I'm going to interject with McCoe's comment right here. The warning shot is important too. You have to show... You have to communicate that you do not wish conflict and that you wish to leave. And it sounds like both happened. He even gave him some grace before he defended him. So that I brought that up because I didn't even think to mention the warning shot, but yeah, I mean, a warning Mm -hmm. shot is exactly that. It means you keep fucking with me. I'm going to shoot you. Right. They knew that what they were doing was not playing fucking games at that point. I don't care how fucking, you know, dumbass of teenagers you are. If somebody fires a warning shot, you better fucking stop fucking around unless you want to find out. And look, 
they fucking found out. And her fucking family is trying to sit there and, no, she didn't deserve No, who didn't deserve this shit is him and his girlfriend getting fucking threatened and having racial epithets screamed at him by your fucking racist spawn. She right. fucked around and found out. Yeah. She shouldn't have been threatening him and his girlfriend's fucking life. I guess you shouldn't raise your kids and your grandkids to be racist fucking trash. And maybe you won't have to worry about them getting killed by somebody defending themselves against your racist trash spawn. Well, right. And then like hearing the father, like speak out about it. Okay. But what about all the, the mothers of black children shot by police? What about the, the mothers of indigenous people that go missing and don't even get investigated? I, I mean, I, I really have no sympathy for, uh, maybe not no sympathy. I do have some sympathy because nobody should have to experience that kind of loss, assuming that she wasn't involved, that she was just an innocent bystander. Well, but it doesn't sound like anybody in that vehicle was a fucking innocent bystander. They were dumb, and I would, I would tend to agree with that. Getting their kicks by terrorizing other people. I, I mean, I tend to agree, yeah. but... All I was trying to say is if, you know, this benefit of the doubt argument, I mean, the father right. basically made it sound like right. she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And let's say she was the only not racist person in that truck and she happened to pay with her life. Then, yes, that is an injustice. And I don't wish that on anybody. But from the sounds of it, that's not the case to begin with. And still, like, there's entire cultures of people that live in this type of fear every day from the system itself, not even from fucking rogue renegades, but from right. police, from immigration. Enough is enough. Oh yeah, James, I'm totally agreeing. She probably was racist. Either that or she was dating a racist, which makes her racist. But yeah, exactly. She probably was racist, but for the sake of that argument, I was saying, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Right. Of like, if by very slim chance that could possibly be the fucking case. Um, here's another piece I just found uh, where lawyers are defending him, saying, you know, he absolutely followed the stand your ground laws. Um, and said flat out, William Marcus Wilson is legally allowed to carry the weapon he said he used to defend himself. Plain and fucking simple. Um, there is another video here that is 30 seconds. Oh, wait, never mind. That's, I can't tell if that's related or if that's just something else they added in there about a different piece. Let me keep scrolling here um i don't know why that's doing that uh they said that uh he should be held to the same legal standards as white defendants who cite georgia's stand your ground laws uh his attorneys hosted a virtual press conference to publicize the week's old case at that point in time. Um, let's see what they have here about that actually being brought up in court. Uh, 
Says he never should have been charged in what they described as an unfortunate consequence. Uh, the truck was playing music from The Purge. Wow. What the fuck? It says, yeah, believing his life was in danger, he fired a, a warning shot that struck Hutchison according to an online petition demanding that he be freed. Uh, civil rights attorney in Georgia, Francis Johnson, said Mark Wilson and the, and the occupant, his girlfriend, were in sheer terror that night. They expressed that, that to law enforcement. We think evidence will show that uh, what he confronted was a black man's worst nightmare. Absolutely. Uh, when accident was racially motivated, Johnson scoffed at choice of language and said the people inside the car were chasing Wilson, um, yelling phrases like the N-word and your lives don't matter. Um, and, well, hello. Right. Gee, what could have made him think his fucking life was in danger? Come the fuck on, people. Um, yeah, really? Fucking really? Uh, Johnson said the Statesboro Police Department mismanaged the case from the start by immediately criminalizing Wilson, despite state laws that should afford him his freedom. It is the same law they said that delayed arresting Ahmad Arbery's killers for more than two months, and also the same law that allowed George Zimmerman to be acquitted of killing Trayvon Martin in 2012. Um, Johnson said, quote, Marcus Wilson and his girlfriend were not believed. Instead, they were treated like criminals. They were criminalized from the very moment this case began. They've been malaligned with misleading statements from the community to suggest they're members of Antifa. And let me just hold the fucking train right here, because even if you are, guess what? That means anti-fascist, anti-racist, anti-Nazi. And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. And this fucking media needs to stop trying to paint that as a bad thing, because... Uh, Antifa is life goals, motherfuckers. Um, as of Monday, the people inside the truck chasing him is, have not been arrested. And um, Johnson said the truck involved was never even impounded, let alone inspected. Wow. Now, you're supposed to run ballistics on that shit. You know? Holy <laughs> fuck. Uh, he said the people in the truck are known in Claxton. They have a reputation without elaborating but that alone speaks volumes um lawyers said they were reviewing closed circuit uh security video footage from nearby businesses that night however while portions were able to be recorded the chase and shooting took place in an area without any surveillance cameras johnson said the police arrested the wrong person and that Wilson was not to blame for being the victim of a racist circumstance that he legally defended himself from to unfortunate results. The people in the truck should have been charged with felony aggravated assault and charged with the death of a passenger in their vehicle, he said. Mawuli um, Davis, one of the other lawyers representing Wilson, agreed that the case shouldn't have been handled the way that it was and that there should be no charges against him. Uh, the other attorneys on his team include Martha Hall, Gary Spencer, and Nefertara Clark. Uh, and they, they were also trying to help him 
raise money with a GoFundMe for the legal fees. And I, I wonder where that is standing right now. Um, the Georgia NAACP state president, who also spoke during the press conference, said there's a lack of due process for black people in America, incited what he said were inaccurate reports about Wilson that criminalized him from the start. In uh, a quote uh, from James Major Woodall, said he was the one who was literally defending his and his girlfriend's lives. Black people's lives are not as important and valued under the law. And that's something I was getting to earlier, that it's about fucking time that uh, this society stopped treating people with pigment as if their lives are disposable and we're just supposed to accept the loss of their lives. Like, eh, it's just a thing here. It No, fuck that. That needs to end. Um, I will be right back. Um, okay. I'll actually be watching on Facebook, but I'll, I'll be right back. Okay. Well, I'm going to continue working my way yeah. through this stuff here. Um, Wilson's parents also joined that press conference and his father stressed how he and his wife taught their son to trust law enforcement. But after seeing how police responded to the case, uh, Pat Wilson said, I believe that trust has been broken. Uh, to know that he has been labeled, he has been pictured as someone that is part of terror is so disheartening, he added. I know this young man has been about love, about peace. He did all he could to make a difference to save not only his life, but he was more concerned with her life. Wilson's mother, who is white, suggested her son and girlfriend would have been lynched to death had he not used his legal firearm to defend himself. And I agree with her. Uh she said, uh, had the roles been reversed and Mark not reacted the way he did, we'd be mourning two lives instead of one, and we may not ever have known what happened that night. So, you know, that fucking speaks volumes right there that uh, this case is being fucking mishandled like that. Um, but it still didn't really answer your question about um, why they were even having an issue in court uh, specifically. Like, I, I'm curious if, if the judge was trying to not allow them to use the stand your ground defense or what that controversy was about. So bear with me a moment while I go back to my search here and see if I can find more of the specifics around what happened in that conversation, even in court, uh, when this was brought up. Um, let's see, there's he's here about the judge holding attorney Francis Johnson in contempt during the immunity hearing. Okay, maybe this will get to it. Bullock uh, County Superior Court immunity hearing for Marcus, or William Marcus, quote, Mark Wilson, uh, charged with felony murder in June 14th, 2020, shooting of Haley Hutchison, took a long pause. In its second day after Judge Michael Muldrew held Wilson's lead attorney, Francis Johnson, in contempt and had him removed from the courtroom. 
I mean, this is from September 23rd of this year. And I'm not finding more current stuff really than September and October to even get a foothold on where uh, case is currently at right now. Um, as hours later, the day ended with defense team filing motions to have Muldrew recused, both from eventually trying the case and from deciding whether Johnson is guilty of contempt. Uh, Johnson's removal from the hearing occurred Thursday morning after he refused to hand a binder of documents said to be email printouts to the judge and insisted on giving him back to the clerk of the court. They didn't have a reporter present for the morning session. Uh, after a few witnesses were heard and Johnson was ejected, the court took a long midday break by 11 a.m. so that Muldrew could attend a funeral in a neighboring camp, but he initially set 2 p.m. as the time for the hearing to resume. By that time, attorneys for the prosecution and the defense, minus Johnson, who was in the custody of deputies elsewhere in the judicial annex, had gathered in the courtroom. Uh, along with members of Hutchison's and Willie Wilson's families and other people interested in the case. But the pause then continued with attorneys and other court officials occasionally going out through a side door before returning to the courtroom. And at 4.30 p.m., the courtroom suddenly became silent and Mulder was announced and returned to the bench. Uh, Wilson was handcuffed, but dressed in a suit, he returned with defense attorney Mawuli Davis and was seated with him and defense attorney Martha Hall. The court intended to resume this hearing around two o'clock, Muldrew said. At that time, the court was prepared to, an, to address an issue regarding Mr. Johnson's contempt of this court. Before I could do that, I was advised by Mr. Davis and Ms. Hall that they were preparing some motions I gave them time to file those motions. Uh, the motions included one to recuse or that this case be assigned to another court, the judge explained, and also a, a motion to recuse him from the contempt hearing itself. Uh, the uniform rules of superior court require that once a recusal motion is filed, that it then be passed on to another judge to review, and the court intends on doing that, Muldrew said. Um, because of the motion to recuse, he would have no further dealings with the case until the other judge or court decides either to keep it or send it send the case back to his court. Uh, he had intended to bring Johnson back in for a hearing on the contempt citation, but uh, because of the motion regarding it, he couldn't do so. Uh, and he said, nor would I normally be allowed to enter an order releasing him from jail pending that hearing. But being consistent with what my plan was, this court will issue an order releasing him and then he'll be given an opportunity to be heard at a later date. Uh, that hearing would occur either in Muldrew's court or another court, depending on the reviewing judge's decision. Uh, Johnson was actually held in the court building, not the jail. And uh, so he was already being released. Uh, Muldrew also granted a continuance or postponement until further order in the case. So what was expected to be a three-day hearing effectively ended after a truncated second day with no fixed date to resume. Maybe that's why I'm not finding any actual updates in November. Um, what occurred Wednesday and Thursday was not part of a trial and no jury was present.
the immunity claim. Uh, instead, it was an evidentiary hearing on a motion filed by the defense team seeking immunity from prosecution for Wilson. In other words, asserting that he shouldn't be tried at all. This was based on a claim that Wilson was defending himself, another person, and his habitation, according to a brief that Davison Johnson had filed with the court on August 5th. Among other things, it cites a Georgia law that defines a motor vehicle or place of business as well as a residence as a habitation. Um, witnesses at previous hearings testified that Wilson, while driving his car, filed or fired the shot that struck Hutchison, 17, in the back of a head as she rode with four other teenagers in a pickup truck on Veterans Memorial Parkway. So and hold on a second, Trisha. I don't know... Um how else to bring this up but we have facebook problems again uh, are you fucking serious while i was out there smoking i was sharing the groups as i usually do and uh yes we are having technical difficulties on facebook again and did it um, cut our stream again yes yes it disabled my account again it did the same fucking thing literal thing um, Natalie and James have joined us on YouTube already. Okay, um, good. And I just awesome. updated the description. I wanted to put the link in the description, but I need to do that from my computer. And I just changed my fucking password because it made me again for the second time in three weeks. And it's telling me that the password that I just made it is incorrect. All right. Um, fuck. I mean, continue, though. We, we got James and Natalie. Um, I'm not sure how many else. The, the view count thing hasn't. Uh... Um, will you at least message the YouTube link to Mako and anybody else who was on that's at least on your I, I mean, I'm trying to. I can't. I'm trying to log back in. I just said that. Oh, geez. It didn't. It didn't. I, I'm trying to like you can't get into Messenger either if you can't get into Facebook. Duh, Trisha. Right. Brain chart of like fuck, how can we get around this and at least get the link over to them? Um, um I did drop the link in the chat. Okay. Um oh, you got logged back in there? No, I or you no. mean in, in the our group chat. Yeah, which is funny because That's it didn't I didn't do it in time, so it didn't post to uh facebook but i tried <laughs> to post the link in the chat to all our platforms anyway, okay. anyway i'm gonna try to figure this out okay well i'm gonna continue with at least uh the other details that are in here that we haven't already covered um Let's see here. It's into the testimony here. Um, his girlfriend at the time, Emma Rigdon, testified that uh, she had been frightened when, after Wilson uh, visited a drive-through, the truck followed them through several traffic lights, veering into lane several times while the young men inside waved and gestured. Uh, she said that Wilson had fired his gun towards the truck and yelled for the people in it to back off. Um, 
that portion of the hearing included testimony also from surviving occupants of the truck. I love how they frame that like that. That's sarcasm. Um, again, trying to make the ones committing assault seem like they're survivors. Uh, they started the shit. They're not the survivors. Uh, but anywho, the occupants of the truck including driver Mason Glisson, who acknowledged that the teenagers had been drinking when they drove from Claxton to and around Statesboro that night. But uh, in the preliminary hearing, or as in the preliminary hearing, he again denied shouting racial epithets or driving aggressively. Of course, he's going to fucking deny it. Um, one of the passengers, Luke Conley, again declined to answer questions, citing his Fifth Amendment right to not testify against himself, which was also his response during the August 2020 hearing. Uh, Statesboro police had filed a misdemeanor obstruction charge against Conley last year, alleging that he'd given conflicting statements. Um, so then Wilson's attorney filed a motion to seeking to have the court waive the hearsay rule and admit evidence regarding Conley's statements on the basis that he is unavailable as a witness. Um, meanwhile, prosecutors led by District Attorney Daphne Totten of the Ogeechee Judicial Court filed a motion Wednesday seeking to have the court quash student records of all the occupants of the pickup as illegally obtained evidence after the defense subpoenaed these from the Evans County school system. It was something accidentally handed to Johnson by a judge's assistant in place of school records that led to his refusal to hand the binder directly to Muldrew, uh, resulting in the removal of Johnson on the contempt allegation. Uh, what the records were supposed to be were school records, but they were email communications between Mark and other outside parties while he was in custody at the jail, which had not been turned into evidence by either side. Uh, Johnson was attempting to submit these to the clerk to establish proper chain of custody. So, like, that was a bullshit charge in and of itself, too. And that's the end of this piece on that. I'm going to take another quick glance Uh see i mean a lot of the stuff as i scroll down through here is getting older as i go uh but i'm wondering uh-huh uh here is an update from a few days ago november 20th gotta love one of those fun moments of like, I'll keep looking because Google doesn't know how to put shit in order. That's why. Um, attorneys won't have to take the stand in Mark Wilson's uh, judge recusal hearing. Um, but CARP allows written questioning. He'll decide in writing whether Judge Muldrew is recused. Uh William Marcus Mark Wilson. Uh, oh, this is just listing through his attorneys there. Let's keep going. 
Okay, a judge. So assigned... I got back into Facebook. We are back live on both the For We Are Many and the Left Signal Boost Facebook pages. It's probably going to show up as you know two different streams with the same title, but whatever. We're back. All right, whatever works as long as we're back. Thank you for uh, handling that. I don't know if you could hear if you were listening. Uh, I did just find an update as far as the judge's recusal hearing that has to happen before the trial can even move forward. Um, a judge assigned to decide whether Judge Michael T. Mulder should be removed from handling uh, William Marcus Wilson's immunity hearing and potential Bullock County Superior Court murder trial won't require Muldrew prosecutors or defense attorneys to testify as witnesses in open court. I'm curious as to why. And that's all it fucking says. How's, how's that an article? It's one sentence. What the shit? That's all. That's all the update that they have. Okay. Um, I was hoping to actually find some kind of detail of what is actually going on there. Um, here. So Nathan asked, are these listings of fellow proles that are in custody? Essentially, yeah. Uh, the case is about uh, Marcus Williams. He defended himself from what was basically uh, potential attempted lynching. And he was charged with murder for defending himself. Um, I actually just found out about this trial today during the stream. Um, that that being said, though, um, I think we can probably move on. I've been listening while I was trying to get that situated. And I'm really irritated that that's when this fucked up is when we were talking about something that is getting no mainstream press coverage. Um, but basically what had happened was I was sharing the, the stream to groups as I always do <coughs> and my account was locked due to suspicious if I do it every week, sometimes twice. Right. From the, from the same device, from the same device telling me it's unusual activity Fuck off, Zuckerberg. no it's not zuckerberg just doesn't like the shit that we have to say uh and exactly nathan this does need to be known throughout the world and and that's why we wanted to talk about it after um mb i forget his full name but we had a new viewer tonight that asked us about it and that's why we looked into it Right. And the best we can find to answer your question, I, I don't know if he's rejoined us since he got everything back up, but if if you have, MB, um, the most we can find as far as an update is that it's still in the process of handling the judge's recusal hearings. So I guess until that's done, we won't know if it's moving forward judge's court or a different one, but... Um, took some digging to find but i mean thank you for bringing that to our attention too because there's too many fucking cases of this type of shit even happening to possibly find them all unless you're constantly actively searching every fucking part of the country like wait a fucking minute what's happening where every time i turn around i'm finding out about another case 
of fucked up racist shit happening that it's making my blood boil. What the fuck? Right. Uh, Nathan said in the comments, we have used against the right will now be used against the left and anyone who is against the status quo. And yeah, that's a big part of what our takeaway from this has been. Stand your ground laws are not applied equally. Um, Do we know of the zip code where the incident took place? Can we at least get a city? Um, You're the one that's been reading it, so... I assume that you. I know. I know, and I can't remember the name. Give me just a second. I know you said it too, but I don't remember I, it either. I did too, um, and the county. Uh, give me just a minute. Uh, um. So, I'm gonna like line us up for our next topic, so that way after we find out the answer to this, we can move on. But we're gonna be talking about Black Friday um or buy nothing day or whatever we want to call it there was a bunch of smash and grabs there was wildcat strikes uh there was a worldwide amazon strike unionization pushes amazon uh starbucks uh and we want to talk broadly about the power of labor and class solidarity but um first things first what was the uh, yeah, to answer your question, it's Statesboro and it's in Bullock County, Georgia. Of course it's in fucking Georgia. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Hey, back up. Oh. Anyway... Um, I do want to move on though, cause we're already over an hour in here. Um, and we still have a couple of things left to talk about. Okay. Um, this seems like a good place to start. In our Sunrise Live today, Amazon employees across the world are planning to strike on what's, of course, one of the busiest shopping days of the year. A group of workers started the group called Make Amazon Pay. This is their website. And according to USA Today, among other things, the group is calling for Amazon to raise wages, pay more taxes, and reduce its carbon footprint. The news outlet says the strikes are planned at factories, warehouses, and data centers at sites across the world, including here in Minnesota. A spokesperson for Amazon told USA Today that the company has a pledge to hit net zero carbon by 2040 and has average starting wages at more than $18 an hour in some locations. They said the company is also inventing new ways to keep employees safe and healthy. Amazon did not say how these strikes might affect holiday shoppers. We're also not sure at this point how many employees are actually planning to strike. And Gia, of course, this is happening as we've been talking all morning mm-hmm. long about these supply chain issues that right. are already delaying shipping. Right. So many people are going to be watching what happens with us today. Yeah. All right, Jen, thanks. If you have. So, um, of course, I'm not too surprised about what about the supply chain issues? stupid take the supply chain issues are because the people on top want more and more and more and more and they want to give less and less and less and less yeah 
But what about the supply chain issue? Well, try paying warehouse workers. Try paying port workers. Mm -hmm. Try paying truckers. Right. Labor's not free. Fuck off. (laughs) The audacity. Um, It's not free. It definitely shouldn't be cheap either. You're entitled to the value of your labor. Um, I was not, unfortunately, able to find um any like videos i'm not surprised but that's why i want to talk about it i was not able to find any videos pertaining to the wildcat strikes that have been happening in the restaurant retail industries uh over the course of the black friday weekend um i know starbucks is pushing hard for unionization and corporate of course is pushing back or trying to make they have been trying to make uh, corporate level employees run stores in some cases, uh, as well as trying to hire replacement workers at a higher wage while uh, these wildcat strikes are happening. What makes them wildcat strikes is they're not represented by a union. They're just striking of their own volition. Right. Um, so, I mean, Amazon is a, a good place to start for a unionization push, but it's certainly not the end all be all. There's hardly no you uh union representation representation sorry and uh retail and food service and that's where a lot of these wildcat wildcat strikes contacts are starting um people have had enough and that that goes back to the power of labor and class solidarity we're we're seeing it play out in real time right now and what we are seeing is that the capitalists would rather collapse the whole system then take less for themselves. That's literally what it comes down to at this point. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, okay, crumble your own fucking system, you piece of shit. But right, like, we've been waiting for it to die. But like, this okay. is gonna <laughs> adversely affect millions of people. Um, okay. Well, thus the push for being prepared. Okay, you need to know how to grow your own fucking food. You need to have certain things fucking set up so that you can be self-sustainable. Um, get generators things like that in case grids go down make sure that you have food that you can fucking grow and can and things like that to last you through stretches where the supply chain is going to be interrupted start raising your own chickens and things like that um (laughs) preparedness is fucking essential you know and uh Nathan said, yes, we need to be a well-connected, funded, communicative community that looks out for all workers. And, well, thank you, too. (laughs) Um, Um, That being said, I mean, funding, we pretty much run this thing out of our pockets. We have a few patrons. um, And and we do try to, you know, make it worth their time for that, too. We're actually doing a movie watch along in Zoom for June and the black messiah for our patrons on this um obviously we can't broadcast the movie on facebook or we would do it for everybody um but yeah funding is the hard part for any leftist organization whether it's a media organization like we are or it's revolutionary organizations on the ground uh funding whether that means monetarily or with time it's hard it's fucking hard right he said he lives in a very right-wing pocket of New Mexico, hoping he can start something there. Well, I hope he can, too. That's I also thing. hope you can. Um, um, there is, I would suggest, 
organizations like the Communist Party USA, uh, the Party for Socialism and Liberation, or the United Panther Movement. Um, and while you're at it, if if you're surrounded by libertarians, for example, troll them with it. Like, what's up, volunteerism motherfuckers? Who wants to volunteer? Because right here, this is called mutual aid, and this is the root of your belief system that you lost touch with because libertarianism was founded in libertarian socialism and they left the socialism part out let's bring it the fuck back like hey get your asses out here and volunteer to you want to preach about volunteering here's where you do it it's called mutual aid not charity any of them fucking bullshits that are just there to exploit people's sense of wanting to give nope do direct mutual aid and uh challenge them to bring their shit to the table and put their money where their mouth is because to be fair the only people i see volunteering to do this is people on the actual left yeah and i actually so you brought up libertarianism and you brought up mutual aid so i have to bring up that for one of his hanukkah posts spike cohen he was the vp nominee for the libertarian party uh in 2020 um he plugged food not bombs houston and put a disclaimer in the comments that, yes, they are a left-wing organization and they do left-wing work. However, anybody that's willing to take the risk to feed the people when the state says it's illegal is deserving of admiration and respect. So I actually, I, I disagree with him on 90% of everything, but I do want to say that that surprised me. At least he has a sense of, if you're going to talk about volunteerism, you need to actually fucking volunteer. Put your money where your mouth is. And that's something that I would love to see everyone start challenging libertarians in your area too. And remind them that their true roots are actually very far left. They're Marxist and they don't know it. <laughs> Agreed. Um, <laughs> agreed uh, well said um, also speaking of like organizing and upcoming things I don't have the date set in stone yet but either what was it the 7th or the 14th would be the two options I suppose uh, we will be having on the national chairman of the White Panther Party to discuss the Rainbow Coalition and the Hassan Shakur Community Center in, I forget what city, Newark, I think. It's in New Jersey for sure. I think it's Newark. Um, and I'm really excited to, to hear about how that came to fruition. I know that the second, the second Rainbow Coalition includes, of, of course, the United Panther Movement, which consists of the Black Panthers, White Panthers, and the Brown Berets. Um, and then it also involves the Green Party of New Jersey. Um, I would tend to think probably other, at least chunks of Green Party activists, um, as well as other like-minded leftist organizations. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so that's, uh, encouraging. It's fucking very encouraging. And uh, no matter what type of organization you're involved with, an on-the-ground place to meet and organize is paramount. 
uh, yeah, there's a lot that we can do online, especially when it comes to networking and meeting people. But to actually do things in the community, you have to be on the ground in the community. And what better place to meet up in the community than at a community center? Oh, there. My mic's back on now. Forgot for a second. I needed that. Sarah. My furry doorbell. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, goodness. She's got me tied up with her leash. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, anyway, Nathan, uh, I know this is your first time joining us on a stream. So I would like to invite you to follow us on uh, social media channels. Uh, we have them all. We might not use them all regularly, but we're trying. <laughs> we have a Twitter <laughs> at for we are many too. Actually, I'll bring up the thing. I'll bring up the thing. Check this out. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> You can contact us uh, at for we are many podcast at gmail.com. You can contribute financially by going or by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash for we are many. Uh, we're on TikTok and Instagram at for we are many podcast. Uh, same handle on YouTube, actually. And um, we also have our education and discussion group on Facebook. And of course, the mothership. Can't forget the mothership. For we are many dot org. Yes, uh, Calvin said there will be a webinar for the Green Party to learn MMT. That's a plus side. Yeah. Uh, check out at Real Progressives for the link coming up. I'll have to keep an eye on that. Exactly, Nathan. That's that's exactly what we're talking about. I mean, the kind of action that we saw at at Chaz and uh in Seattle or you know the the type of unification that we saw at George Floyd Square in Minneapolis um these types of community spaces can be as simple as a fucking park right i, I mean obviously a brick and mortar would be better um in meeting in a local park just like we did in the occupy days is a means of getting something done and organizing in the community where you're visible. Right. Um, yeah. That's what the water protectors did when they came to Flint too. They set up in Kersley Park and because of their presence there, that got the attention of the rest of the community to come down and collaborate. You know, they were going to the farmer's market too and speaking there. Full thing it actually reached unity because of starting to meet in public places like that handing the mic to indigenous leadership that was there to fight the water situation you know things like that so that's an example to follow of you know get out there where your voices can be heard where you're going to be seen in your community any public space is open to find you. common ground with people yes even fucking conservatives that you wouldn't think that you're going to have anything in common with actually talk to them and you probably are going to have more in common with them than you realize. Especially when they're working class and you can actually fucking reach them on certain things. Exactly. Know? Exactly. Um, That's why I post the challenge to libertarians of like, hey, fucking get involved. Get involved. Because you know what? All that can do is bring good. You know, get them to actually 
practice that volunteerism and maybe take the opportunity to also educate them on the roots of libertarian socialism and radicalize them. Uh, Nate said, it's really sad that doing this will label us an enemy of the state, but it's also the reason we must change the, the state. I prefer personally the way that Lenin worded it in this book right here, we should smash the bourgeois yes. state and replace it with a worker state. Um, yes. Since, as usual, we ended up bringing up Lenin during this stream, we have an entire series dedicated to state and revolution. Uh, we did a, a cross-platform thing with uh, Zach from Bread Theory, and we read the whole damn book and had our own discussions. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so between our streams and his, you can find the whole collection there. <laughs> uh, we also have it on our website with all of the videos put in order. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, one more thing that I wanted to talk about for sure before we move on from Black Friday is I've been seeing, a, well, I guess it's not completely a new trend, but it's definitely seen a lot of growth recently. But uh, what the media is calling smash and grabs, I am calling redistribution of wealth. Um, well, it's... Let's just dive into the video. Hey, uh, keep in mind you're about to hear some capitalist propaganda about these robberies, but holiday shopping season kicked off today against the background of recent high-profile robberies and burglary people on streets. Yeah. So what's being done to keep you safe while shopping, and what can you do to protect yourself? KKL9's Jeff Nguyen is live in Canoga Park to show us. Jeff? Hey, man, Juan, this mall right now is certainly very busy for the holiday shopping season. And this year, the word safety has taken on new meaning. We are talking certainly more than masking and vaccination, which is why the LAPD is devoting extra oh resources at our local shopping centers. So did Phoenix. From the San Fernando Valley to LA's west side, shoppers like Earl Evans are seeing a visible police presence at local malls. Definitely more security around for sure. Noticeable. This comes after a series of smash and grab robberies like the one at the Nordstrom store in Canoga Park Wednesday night, where a security guard was attacked with bear spray. At Westfield Century City, uniform officers were on foot patrol while expandable barriers were at the ready. We're monitoring the situation with the smash and grab robbery across the country very closely. We have a great relationship with LAPD and local authorities and are working very closely with them to make sure that we're prepared. The LAPD says it's recorded more than 130 follow-home robberies in recent months. Former LA County Sheriff Jim McDonald says don't allow yourself to be a target. Don't be as conspicuous with what you have on. Uh, be careful of the bags that you're carrying. Over at Rancho Park, the Rosenthal Davis family is skipping black. I'm going to like skip the rest of the video because you, you see the narrative that they're taking. You should yeah. be fear. You should be fearful to go to the mall. You should, you should dress modestly. So like what you're saying is you shouldn't walk around a bunch of peasants dressed like a king. Hmm. And, and exactly, Calvin, it is fear mongering. 
And that's uh, that's why I wanted to talk about it. That's why I wanted to show the video. Right. That's also why I didn't show the whole video because I was already getting irritated. But right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, exactly. We're talking about some of our stolen wages. We're talking about a couple hundred thousand probably dollars in fucking insured merchandise. We're talking about trillions that the top 1% has stolen from the working right. class in the last 50 years. I, th I think the last uh, calculated number that I saw was like something like seventeen trillion dollars at least taken right. from the working class. And Calvin, we weren't watching mainstream media just to propel that narrative. That's why we're dissecting it right. now. Uh, right. It James was, pointed out they even point out how fucked the narrative is. You know. <laughs> right. Uh, James pointed out they even looted a Home Depot to take more crowbars and hammers. Right. But yeah, when we're talking about looting, at least on this network, when we're talking about looting, we're not talking about the people that are smashing up stores and taking some merchandise. We're talking about the people that have been pillaging the working class for decades. Yes. We're talking about the people responsible for fucking $1,800 rent. Right. And, uh, yeah, Natalie, you're absolutely correct. Protect and that's what, the, that's what the expanded police presence is for, too, is protecting the rich. Mm-hmm. It's all they exist for. Yeah. And where people fucking wake up to that. Boom, shakalaka, right. yes, Nathan. <laughs> Just wait till you hear. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and I mean, that's that's why when I was trying to figure out how to approach this, because I mean, at first instinct, you hear the term smash and grab, and you're like, oh my God, somebody got robbed. But we're talking about, in most of these cases, people going into stores and taking merchandise that is insured, right. by the way, so these companies are not even losing money on it. Right. And I mean, at this point, I, I felt like it was more accurate to refer to it as a redistribution of wealth than to call it looting or a smash and grab. It's not stealing if you're stealing from capitalists. And by that, I mean the, the actual ones who have capital, the wealthy. Because guess what? All of that capital stolen labor yeah speaking of stolen labor um i i've already brought this up um but a lot of the unionization pushes and wildcat strikes were mints yeah. i'm just saying uh and they, nathan said and they destroy stock in order to create false scarcity issues in order to make things more valuable i don't disagree with that either not only do they do that but they also keep stockpiles of things in warehouses instead of putting them on the shelves to do the same thing. We live in manufactured scarcity and now they're using that as an excuse to jack up prices and they're trying to make it sound the mainstream media that is, is trying to make it sound like that is the fault of increasing wages. But how about we start off right 
with the six trillion dollars that was printed off straight into billionaires fucking accounts when covid started in one day six trillion dollars in one day but you know it's got to be the the fucking couple of dollar raise that some of us got throughout the course of this thing no that's gonna break the business and if you're well i should just okay i'm a i'm a cook by trade and i'm in a bunch of line cook uh groups right and i've been seeing dumb shit like uh due to rising costs of labor like places having to fucking weigh out and individually bag their french fries to reduce waste but i'm sorry to say that if paying your employees probably still not a fair wage uh if, if your business is in such dire straits that you have to portion french fries then you're already failed just fucking close your doors yeah i mean we're talking about like 25 dollars a case for fucking right they're cheap as fuck (laughs) not for the purchaser but you know (laughs) james said james said so if i had hijacked the dildo space rocket (laughs) is it okay yes yes if you want to (laughs) take bezos's dick rocket by all means (laughs) please do Mm -hmm. hijack that motherfucker And it was the same thing as far as the cargo ships go. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, finding the fucking uh, people doing the, uh, finding the ports for ships not being unloaded fast enough. Doesn't plug the labor right. deficit. That's right. Happening there. It's like try paying the workers more. Make it worth their fucking time to come out there and reestablish that supply chain. So Natalie said, as the for we are many page, yes, but they are not listening. Next steps. Next steps are get involved with a revolutionary organization. Next steps are organizing your community. I'm not even trying to like overstate how important that is here. Right. Uh, And then we become a nuisance, a nuisance that cannot be ignored. In other words, uh, we become ungovernable. Calvin pointed out the PPP program has had all kinds of fraud to it. But yeah, it has. There's been a lot of... uh, There was a stipulation in it that if they can't find workers to replace the furloughed workers through no fault of their own, whatever the fuck that means that these loans can be forgiven so they're offering super low pay for jobs that they don't actually want to fill and then they don't have to pay this fucking money back that's what that comes down to right uh natalie said hijack the means of production yes straight up seize that start start with your own workplace start with the commons or, you know, what the English called the commons. Um, but ultimately, the takeaway from Black Friday is the power of labor, the power of class solidarity. Uh, the power of the working class cannot, literally cannot be understated. We're watching everything crumble because nobody's willing to put up with the bullshit anymore. 
we've seen record setting job resignations month after month after month all year. Uh, but yet they kicked everybody off of unemployment. So they're like, oh, well, uh, uh, new jobless claims are down to a 52 year low. Okay, but the state's like, unemployment numbers only count the people who are on unemployment, who are actively right. searching for work. All of those people that were kicked off unemployment no so longer count is unemployed. Right. Right. So it's not a true number. It's only the people who are receiving unemployment, not not the actual number of unemployed people stop fucking painting it as if it's the actual number of unemployed people it's much larger motherfuckers fuck so ban unemployment and its numbers dropped <laughs> james <laughs> did you see that i did i did yeah I'm like yeah yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much how they steered that narrative for themselves. See, unemployment's down. No, just unemployment payments are down. Nathan said, yeah, so we can't even get a single loan during the pandemic. But these people with enough money to create shell corporations at will are able to get even more money by being pushed to the front of the line. And now they don't even have to repay it. The system is corrupt beyond repair. We've been forgotten uh, and left to rot under bridges. Well said. Calvin said, yeah, unemployment was support to keep inflation down. Guess that didn't work. Well, no, they cut everybody off of it. And that right. money's not coming from anywhere. But the real cause of inflation, if we really boil it down, is the super rich hoarding it. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, is Elon Musk is a dragon. They go to sleep every night on their pile of gold so they can fucking guard it. Yep. Fucking greedy, exploitative motherfuckers. Um, greed sickness. It is wetico. It is literally. There's something fucking wrong with you that's broken. Needs to be fixed. To even think that that's okay to be committing that type of fucking exploitation. And here goes my. Um, I'm looking for a scene from. Uh, a Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode, actually. Um, that's so relevant to... I, I'm trying to remember what they called these safe zones, basically, that they had the unemployed homeless people in. Uh, and it takes place in 2024, and it said that these these zones have popped up in almost every city, yada, yada, yada. We might not have have gotten to the point yet of the homeless people actually being given a place to set up their fucking tents and shit, but we have seen a more cruel reality than what fucking Gene Roddenberry predicted 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Nathan, Thanks. the episode is called Past Tense. It's a two-parter. Um, okay. But 
I, I got a clip to play, and I hope that we don't get caught for copyright Just infringement. Pause it every thirty seconds. Pause it. We do not own this material. No, we don't. You this is for educational mind. purposes. Oh no. Uh, My name is Henry Garcia. I've been living here two years now. I came to San Francisco to work in a brewery, but they laid a bunch of us off because they got some new equipment. And so I ended up here. I've never been in trouble with the law or anything. I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want a chance to work and to live like regular people. This is when they're broadcasting their intent to the world. Governor, I understand your concern, but I think the use of force would be premature at this time. I am aware that there have been disturbances in other sanctuary districts, but we have to Sanctuary districts, that was it. I know, I've heard the rumors too. That, that's all they are, rumors. If you just give me another chance to talk with Webb and Bell. I... Yes, sir. Of course. We'll do our best. The governor's made up his mind. We move in at 0500. So according to the, the future timeline, obviously they, they went back in time and ended up stuck in this sanctuary district. Um, but in the timeline from the future, uh, this was the catalyst, they didn't use the catalyst of the global revolution that led to the resource-based economy to the eradication of poverty. This was the catalyst. Uh, anyway. I should have paused it right there, but whatever. No luck. Afraid not. Well, we know one thing. They arrived before the year 2048. How can you be sure? Because we were just there. And it's nothing like the mid-21st century I read about in school. It's been changed. I mean, Earth history has been through its rough patches, but never that rough. If we limit our search to dates... So basically, I think that what they're alluding to there, in my opinion, is that if the revolution was not spurred along by these the events in these sanctuary zones that they would have devolved into global fascism by the way this type of narrative in their shows even though it's obviously got a, a liberal agenda to it um i believe that they advocate indirectly for a socialist world more often than not before 2048, how many possibilities does that leave us with? According to my calculations, three. But we only have enough chroniton particles for one more try. Oh. There we go. Care. Care. Pick your combat distress signal. It's Dax. Care to Dax. Dax, do you hear me? Kira. Dax, am I glad to hear your voice? Where are you? We're at the corner of Polk and California. I'll meet you there. Are Cisco and Bashir with you? No, I'll explain everything when I see you. 
The transport is set to automatically retrieve us in about a minute. You better deactivate your combat. Acknowledged. You can reactivate them tomorrow in time for the next beam out. <sighs> Should be interesting. Best ball club I ever saw? 99 Yankees, no doubt about it. Get out of here. The 15 Kings could have taken them any day. Come on. Am I right? I wouldn't know. I prefer tennis. Soccer. If there's any question, the Kings. 15 was Buck Bokai's rookie year. That's all they had going for them. They've been up on the roof. It looks like another National Guard unit arrived. So I, I guess I probably shouldn't have skipped that conversation, to be honest. Um, but basically, he was relating to the guards that were trying to keep them in line in the first place. And that shows the importance of finding common ground, uh, building alliances. But anyway. There's something going on out there. Everybody on your feet. What are you doing? They'll be safer in there. Let's go! I want you in there with them. Make sure they keep their heads down. I'll see if I can find something to block the door. Come on. Kiss for me, huh? good on you i get lost uh well i wanted uh the part that i wanted is not in that clip but the point is though that the rest of the world being made aware of what was going on in the sanctuary districts literally sparked or helped spark a global revolution, global revolution. um right. And the point is, is that, that that what they thought was this atrocious future is actually nicer than the one that the homeless proletarians on the street today exist in. At least there, they had these sanctuary districts where they could go, they could lay out a bed, you know, they could fucking pop a tent if they had one. Um, but today, they do all this just to have it fucking, you know seized by the police or swept out of parks. Um, and that's what I talk about when I say reopen the commons. I'm talking about let the homeless people sleep in the goddamn park. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. right. If you're worried about there being amenities, rent out a fucking porta potty to put up there. Put trash barrels with bags for the garbage out there. <laughs> Things like that. And, um, right. Don't punch down. To, right. Never punch down. Right. No, lift up. If you're not lifting up other people, what the fuck are you even doing with your life? And I mean, with the amount of people at the end of the eviction moratorium, for that to not even make headlines in mainstream media is also just infuriating. We're talking about hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people um that are now homeless. And if you do see something about it in the mainstream press, it's about a sweep. Right. Or it's about how a homeless encampment is defacing this park or lowering property values or some other bullshit. The point is we have enough empty house to give houses to give every fucking one of them a house. Mm -hmm. But instead, uh, we're paying 18 fucking hundred dollar rent. Yep.
we literally have more empty houses than we do unhoused people. There's a fucking problem with that. There's a lot of problems with that, but I don't yeah. want to dive too deep into that. Uh, we're almost at two hours. Um, the last thing that I wanted to talk about was the death of Malcolm X's daughter, um, Malika Shabazz. I don't know a hell of a lot about her as a person, but I do know uh, from what I've been able to find out that she has been speaking out for years about how the people accused of her father's murder did not commit that murder. Um, and then the day that her killers were exonerated, she turned up dead. Police immediately said that there was no foul play. But it didn't seem like they really investigated that. They didn't do. They didn't wait for autopsy results. Um, they didn't do Fuck an no. investigation. Same day they were saying, "Oh, no foul play." Like, how do you know? You haven't had time to even look at anything. You haven't had time to run an autopsy. You haven't had a time to run blood right. work check or any fucking thing. And from what that I understand, she's been insinuating for years that the FBI ordered the assassination of. Her father, which, I mean, more and more, it looks like that was the case. I mean, we know that the FBI was behind the killing of MLK. We know that the FBI was behind the killing of uh, Fred, Fred Hampton. Hampton. So why wouldn't it have been the FBI that fucking ordered the killing of Malcolm X? And why is it that when she's publicly talking about this, and finally, something happens in that case. She mysteriously turns up dead. I'm not a believer of coincidence. Um, I tend to think that it's just yet another layer of what's already a very layered cover-up. Yeah, Nathan I agree said the paper too, my, he, that she might have been assassinated. That That's precisely what I think happened because she was pushing for records to be opened that they don't want to open. Yep. Yep. And nailed it, Nathan. The FBI handles killing revolutionaries here. The CIA handles killing them abroad. Jay elaborated on that, saying, be aware, we are targets. Right. And yeah, yeah. That's something that all of us have to live with every day. For simply being to the left of hunting the homeless for sport, we are enemies of the state. Yeah. Uh, Natalie said strange things like that usually have something strange behind it. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. And I did not get a chance to, to pull up a specific video about it, but I'm going to see if I can find one now. I will help you in that search. Damn it. There we go. If I could spell. <laughs> well, I know that there was an all African people's revolutionary party video that discussed it and I, I know there was more than that for that matter um 
They didn't say what, but they're saying it appeared to be natural causes. I would love to know. She was only 56. Right. Like, um, fucking kidding me? Uh... Her sister, Elisa, um, kicked out a statement here that I just found. Curious what she has to say. Maybe it wasn't a video that I was thinking about from the All African People's Revolutionary Party. Maybe it was just a post because I cannot find... Mm -hmm. I thought they did speak about her the other night, but I wasn't able to. They they might have, but if it's in the middle of a of another like educational video, I I don't want to waste everybody's time trying to find that part on the air. Um, but my point is is I don't believe in coincidence, and she's been pointing the finger at the FBI for decades. And then as soon as the original killers were exonerated, she shows up dead. I'm not buying that it was natural causes, especially with how quickly they said there did not appear to be any foul play and that they would not be doing an investigation. Right. Um, I'm going to screen share this video because I'm curious to hear what her sister had to say here. Yeah. Yeah. By all means. Uh, do it. Where did I put my water? Did I take it out to I, smoke with I me? No. Maybe. I must have. Uh, I will be right back uh, as soon as I, you know, approve your video coming into the stream. Okay. Well, there it is. I'm going to make a full screen. Let me just try to do the same over here with the full screen. Come on. Play. It is not registering there. Clicking on that. Okay, let's try this. And, oh, the audio is off. Stories of the day. Here are top stories for November 30th. Coming in at number three, Tiffany Haddish is single again, y'all. Her and Common are splitting after the year of game. Okay. Common and Tiffany Haddish have apparently called it quits after being a couple for over a year, according to People. Time and distance are the parallels for the star's romantic love, according to a source. One source also claims, quote, they are never in the same city together, and both of them are just too busy for a serious relationship. Common, Haddish, and their representatives have not issued a comment. Next up in number overseas, Sim Lennox was arrested at an Amsterdam airport. Fresh off a performance of Unloyal with Summer Walker, singer Ari Lennox was arrested Monday at an Amsterdam airport. She wrote several times about the incident on Twitter, because that's what we all would do. Her first tweet read, F Amsterdam security, they hate black people. In a second tweet, Lennox wrote, I just wanna go home, I'll never leave my house again. Another tweet said, wow, they're arresting me? And then she ended off with another tweet saying, I'm being arrested in Amsterdam for reacting to a woman racially profiling me. The 30 year old singer has not posted any further tweets as of this time. It is unclear when she will be released from police custody. And our top grill story of the day at number one goes to Virgil Abloh. His final Louis Vuitton. Okay, I don't know what it's doing now. Sorry guys, give me a second. 
figure out why, like, it's not even bringing up the controls. to be presented uh, on Tuesday. There we go. Following the past in a Virgil Abloh, the beloved men's designer of Louis Vuitton and the founder and CEO of Off-White, the French fashion house will pay tribute to the life and legacy of creative genius, his spring-summer 2022 collection this week in Miami. Abloh passed away at 41 after a two-year battle with a rare form of cancer. Louis Vuitton announced on social media that it'll show Abloh's final menswear collection on November 30th. Many refer to Abloh as a fashion designer, but he was so much more, especially in the black community, more like an icon. He left us way too early, but certainly made his mark. Our prayers go out to his family and friends. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of The Grill Top 3. I'm Justin Walters. Okay, well, that was ridiculous. They presented that at the beginning of this article as if that was going to actually be a video of speaking. Um, all right. Sorry, you, you just got celebrity news update. Um, anywho, to the topic at hand... Uh, the surviving members of Malika Shabazz, the late daughter of slain civil rights icon Malcolm X, are speaking out about her death less than a week after she was found unresponsive inside her Brooklyn, New York apartment. Shabazz's 23-year-old daughter, Betty Shabazz, was the one who discovered her mother's body around 5 p.m. Eastern time on Monday inside home where they both lived in the Midwood neighborhood. Uh, according to New York Daily News, the 56-year-old Malika Shabazz was one of six daughters born to Malcolm and Betty Shabazz, who raised their daughters as devout Muslims. Um, Malika Shabazz's funeral is set to take place at 10 a.m. time on Saturday, November 27th at the Islamic Cultural Center. Um, okay, so where's the actual statement? Uh... Just saying that she made it. Okay, there we go. Um, our family extends heartfelt gratitude for the outpouring of kindness we have received from so many well wishers around the world, Elisa Shabazz wrote. We ask for your continued prayers and warm thoughts as we grieve. Malika will now rest in peace with her parents, Al Haj Malik Al Shabazz, Malcolm X, and Dr. Betty Shabazz. Uh, okay, I thought. There was going to be a statement about the case. Uh, Elisa Shabazz indicated that her message was posted not just on her own behalf, but on behalf of the entire Shabazz family. The 59-year-old author and speaker ended her post by saying, Blessings and peace be on to you. Uh, Malika Shabazz is survived by her five sisters, including her twin Malak Shabazz, the aforementioned Elisa Shabazz, Atala Shabazz, Kabila Shabazz, and Gamila Shabazz. Malcolm X's eldest daughter, Atala, will be presiding over Malika's uh, memorial celebration of life in the coming weeks. And let's see. Um, Betty Shabazz gave birth to Malika and her twin sister, Malak, on September 30th, 1965 just seven months after their father was assassinated. Uh, news of her death this week came just five days after those two men convicted and imprisoned for him were exonerated. We were aware of that. Okay, that, I, I was 
expecting there to be a statement concerning the case itself in there. But... Yeah, I mean, same. It's um, all it's all good. It, this is a topic that we can all or that we can circle back to, you know. Um, right. But that being said, I I already made my opinion clear. I don't I don't believe in coincidence. I doubt she just dropped dead of natural causes at 56 and they didn't even run an autopsy before right. saying that foul play was not involved. Well, they said she was unresponsive at first. So I, I wonder what point she was actually pronounced. Oh, now that one says found dead. The other one said found unresponsive. And it's like, can we get a clear even depiction of what happened? Well, I mean, to be fair, even if she was found dead, it would probably be referred to as found unresponsive because, you know, you have to be declared dead. Well, yes, but if you're if you are unresponsive, that doesn't necessarily mean you're dead. So, well, right, right. But I mean, (laughs) it would also fall Uh, under that category, though. That just is a weird way of framing it. Like, clearly you're unresponsive if you're dead, but you're not necessarily dead. Just just a question. Yeah, she had just Um, put out a statement about vindication with, you know, (laughs) his convicted killers being exonerated and then she's mysteriously all of a sudden dead. What the fuck? My laughter was to James's comment. If you're dead, you don't respond well. This is true. This is true. <laughs> um, I don't really have anything else to talk about this week. Um, but I would like to encourage everybody to keep your eye on us. Um, we We have a lot of big things coming up. We have our patron movie watch along which i mean legit if you can't afford or don't have a bank uh you know just private to messages. contribute to patreon private message us yeah. uh we will do exemptions um you know if, like i said if you literally can't afford it that's fine this this information right. and this conversation shouldn't be behind a paywall to begin with um, that being said, we, we are trying to at least get enough revenue coming in to cover our operating expenses. Right. Um, so it's one of those things of like, we cannot obviously air the movie itself via this, but we can at least, you know, hop into them and do so privately. And, um, it's about that coming together that uh, sharing of ideas and being able to engage actually directly, you know? Um, Yeah. And, you know, granted, we love the conversations that we're able to have in this manner with, you know, interacting with the messages on the page, but it's more personal to actually have you guys hop into the call with us. Yeah. Like the last one, I mean, you know, I heard John talk for the first time. I heard Mm -hmm. Natalie talk for the first time. I mean, it was like, Holy shit. Like, I've been talking to these people for months, but right. like now I know we what you sound like. We finally get to hear your voices. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's much more personal. <laughs> I dig it. I, I like doing that. We're 
we're definitely going to have to just keep doing that on like a monthly basis or something, you know? Yeah. It's, it's one of those ways of just, I I mean, I also want to take like movies that aren't, well, I mean, they are political to a point, I guess, but I want to take movies that aren't necessarily political and talk about it. Uh, Like the Robin Williams movie, good morning, Vietnam. There is a lot of conversation to be had about what happens in that movie. And we get to enjoy Robin Williams right. being Robin Williams. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is always amazing. Dude, I miss Robin Williams. Me too. <clears throat> Me too. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, also December uh, should the great Dean um I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the first date of the stream uh that he'll be on will be but um sometime in the month of december we should witness the return of the dean man i i can't even like tell you how much like comments like this make this worth it Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dean is definitely going to be returning. He said he would be available again after the first of December. Dean Adamas. I like that, but yes. <laughs> well, Dean is going to be happy to know that the comments are blowing up with love for him when he listens to this episode. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> Um, but yeah, miss- uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, thank you, Emily. <laughs> and ditto. Yeah. <laughs> also, thank you for this badass mic. That was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> it glows red. It does. It's I still don't know what happened to my old mic. It wasn't even old. It just quit working one day. Yeah. And like it wasn't working doing it without a mic. I mean, it was so bad on the switch. That's another thing. Check out the Left Signal Boost page and Facebook groups. Uh, the Lefty Awards happened about a week ago. Um, I, I was exposed to a lot of new leftist content. So if I was exposed to new content, I'm willing to bet that most of you... Uh, will probably be exposed to new content. But anyway, um, after witnessing how difficult that award show was without a mic, uh, she pitched in to replace it. So um, big shout out to Emily. And I recorded some acoustic guitar on this thing today, and it sounds so crisp. Yeah, I I mean, I'm really excited for it. Emily said, Dean existing also makes me very happy. Right. <laughs> so, Dean Paxton. He has had a people. <laughs> Dean Paxton has seen the entire internet twice. Mm-hmm. Dean Paxton exists outside of the space time continuum. He is a magical fifth dimensional being who graces us with his presence. 
and I love it. <laughs> Emily said, "I'll go inside now to get the dogs to shut up." I don't know how loud uh, how loud that is because uh, I'm like through the mic. Uh, it's not bad, actually. I'm I'm sure Sarah was much worse for you guys on the receiving end. Well, I have this set up to only like pick up sounds this way. You know, yeah. it's not like a full circle. That would be much louder. <coughs> anyway, though. Um, I, like I said, I don't really have anything else to talk about tonight, but I want to thank all of you in the comments. Honestly, you just, you just made my night and same. we do this to draw people together. So if any of you want to get involved, message the page, we'll get you in the group chat. We'll, uh, start trying to get shit done. Um, we've been working on planning out anyway, ramping up production um, we're just, and, and again, thank you. Thank you, Natalie. You're, you're not dumb. Okay. So no, you're actually quite wise, which is why we have loved your input from day one. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and I mean, a lot of the things that we have discussed on the air specifically regarding theory, we learned with you guys. I, I mean, right. We started this thing a little over a year ago. We had next to no revolutionary theory under our belts. And we were just well-meaning leftists trying to find our way through the world and trying to maybe navigate others. And uh, and even with it's having, kind of funny, actually. We lived to, in communal situations. We didn't have the theory to back it. We just understood that we survived better together. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're raging fucking commies with the theory to back it, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And I mean, that's why we were drawn to the Black Panther Party. Even before we had the political right. to really understand where they were coming from, uh, we right. were very supportive of the Black Panther Party. And then, you know, come to find out that they follow a Marxist-Leninist path with a Maoist influence. And... Yep. Yeah. Uh, I also want to add to to Natalie's statement about the intelligence thing anyway, is that revolutionary text is not revolutionary theory is not easy text to wade into. And it's not meant to be read alone. Yeah. It's meant to be read right. as a group. Right. Uh, Together and sometimes with a fucking dictionary because. It's college level material. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lenin's a little easier to read than Marx and Engels are, but it's still yeah. like college level text. It is. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Nathan, and you said I, that I you like bedtime stories. Right. You've been going to sleep <laughs> listening to State and Revolution and the Communist Manifesto. We have series for yep. both of those. Um, and uh, we need to continue that. We will be continuing that moving into December. Right. As well as some See, more Emma Goldman. Bourgeoisie is something that I did understand. I just didn't understand the concept, if that makes sense. My lived experience taught me right. what the bourgeoisie was, but I didn't know what to call it. Occupy right. had me calling them the 1%, which is fine, but bourgeoisie is a little up, more encompassing. 
I grew up poor in a very bougie area, so I knew what bougie was right off the fucking bat, but I didn't have that analysis of capitalism to really fucking understand that, oh, this isn't just somebody who worked really hard and worked their way up and fucking pulled themselves up by their bootstraps or any of the other fucking bullshit. It's like, no, you managed to amass that much wealth because you're exploiting the fuck out of everyone else's labor. Wait a fucking minute. (laughs) Like, right. Not okay. Not American dream. Not something anybody should dream to do. Man, I really want to grow up to be the best exploiter. Shut the fuck up. You know, if we were really honest with kids, you know, about conversations of, of, you know, finances and things and put it to them honestly like that, do you think they would be like, yeah, I want to grow up to be the best exploiter? Or do you think they would cringe? That's not cool. (laughs) You know? Oh, here goes my dog barking again. Hold on. Uh, That's okay. I think I'm going to start trying to wrap this up anyway. We're at almost two and a half hours. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to continue to try to wade through these concepts uh, together. And we're going to continue to, you know, try to push everybody towards revolutionary and or mutual aid, mutual aid organizing. Um, everybody's got a role in the revolution. We just have to build it. Uh, but yeah. Um, that being said, I think we're probably going to have some more music to show off fear in the near future uh yeah that's that's all i got there um if any of you are interested in getting involved just message the page and um you know that that can be helping line up guests that can be helping do research for episodes that can be uh writing articles or joining us on the air um Good girls. Or contributing to the music that we write. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for your time. Uh, James asked about Austin and Don. I haven't talked to Austin in a while, um, but I know that he's been going through ongoing medical issues. Uh, and that is working like 14 hour days yeah uh i haven't really talked to either of them as much as i would have liked to lately but i suppose the phone does work both ways so i can try to hit them up and see how they're doing um you know we could just hop in the third eye spies chat and hit that dial button for a video call it's been a hot minute that's true, but it probably won't be tonight. Fair. All right. Well, uh, let me pull up the outro music. Beautiful. I love that we never named this song. Right. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> oh, I'm in the wrong folder. I'm like, Where maybe it'll just say Flam Bam mix. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Flam Bam, Flam Bam abuse mix. Yes. Thanks to 
Sterling for that one. Where right. the hell is it? <laughs> I do this every time, man. Time lately. Yeah. Like, where'd the file go? When in doubt, it's in drive. Right, but the way I'm trying to add it, I have to like select the file on my computer, which is fine, generally. Right. <laughs> do, 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 I know, right? Do, 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 do. Yeah, Emily's like, maybe save it on your desktop. Which makes a very valid point. Yeah, yeah, she mm -hmm. does. I guess I can just like, I know what I'm going to do as a, as a short-term fix, I suppose. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> the thing is back up. I know. I did that on purpose. I, I, I know. I know. I, I just <laughs> <laughs> so you're calling it the thing earlier. <laughs> so you're calling it the thing. Like the thing, the thing, the thing, the, get the, thing, get the thing on the screen. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> 